0: It is nice to see everyone here this morning. No better place to be on a Sunday, amen? I titled my message today, The Times We Live In As Christians. Again, The Times We Live In As Christians. For my introduction, I'm doing something a little unusual because I think it is so timely for the world we live in today, I'm going to read a scripture. The scripture will be from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these." So what's the solution in this world we live in today? What's the solution? The first step, a little prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. You've been so good to us, Lord Jesus. You've blessed us, you've strengthened us, You've challenged us. Praise God, you've convicted us. You've restored us. And for that, we're grateful. Now, Lord, we need to hear from you this morning. I need these words to be your words. My thoughts to be your thoughts. And we commit this time now in the most faithful hands ever. Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. So what's the solution? We need solutions. The whole world needs solutions. You stay up late enough, usually because you're not feeling very well, but you'll hear somebody on one of the stations, the radio stations or the TV, boy, they've got the solution for you. It goes on and on and on and on and on and does nothing for the state of this present world. But the good news this morning, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to look to God, and we're going to look at his word that gives us what we need as Christians. Our text this morning will be from the Psalms 37. Don't panic. I know a few years ago I gave I gave a message on Psalm 37, but this is a, this is a different one. Verses 1 through 5. Do not fret because of evil doers. Do not be envious toward wrongdoers. For they will quickly they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord trust also in him and he will do it he will do it he will do it because he is faithful amen Amen. Amen. we will start with verse 1 in our remedy for the times we live in Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. Now we have to pause here for a moment because if there's someone here this morning that does not yet know Jesus Christ as his Savior or her Savior, I'm sorry to say you can gain no comfort from what we're going to look at this morning. Having said that, It is never too late for a life in Jesus Christ. He is a 24-7 God who's there for us. He's faithful, and he delights in those who turn their lives over to him. And if we're a Christian this morning... I pray if life isn't going the way you expected it to, if life isn't happening because possibly of conduct or other things, it's never too late. And this can be a blessing for each and every one. A reminder for Christians this morning, found in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. That was everyone here this morning, or maybe still is this morning, but there is nobody who doesn't qualify in the present or the past, for this kind of life, because that was every single one of us, on the face of the earth. We're born sinners. We're raised up. And hopefully, we pray that people get saved and then can be comforted by something like this. Remember, as Christians, we should be living a lifestyle that is totally different from the world. Totally different. Sadly, a lot of Christians today seem to blend too nicely into the world. Some want the world. Sadly, many young people, when they grow up in a good Christian home, they think they've missed something out there. There is nothing to miss. And each and every one that went that direction has had a sad life, has no peace, has no joy, and is constantly trying to fill their life with things, with stuff, There isn't anything worthwhile in this present world. And it's too bad when Christians get mixed up with it. I like Psalm 73 for a few verses we're going to look at this morning because it's so accurate in what can happen so easily for those who are looking in the wrong places instead of the right places for satisfaction and contentment. But as for me, in verse 2, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You say, can that happen to a Christian? You bet it can happen to a Christian. It can happen like that. If we get our eyes off Jesus Christ and stop thanking him for what he's done for us, he rescued us from the domain of darkness. He set our feet firmly upon a rock and put a song in our mouth and in our heart. It makes no sense to look elsewhere for satisfaction. And hopefully, if there's someone this morning that's contemplating this or that's been involved in this, this will help you this morning. And for those of us who have walked with him, may it reaffirm why we do what we do why we go where we go. Why we should remember that we are a testimony for Jesus Christ. A testimony. Everybody's looking at us. Many can't wait to find something wrong with us. It's sad, but it's true. And they're lost. But if our conduct in our life, is displaying Jesus Christ. There's hope for them. Verse 17. Until, here's the key, until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end, or evil end. Then he woke up. Where's our sanctuary? Where's our sanctuary? What? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ only. But we have so much available to us in Jesus Christ and so many blessings, there's no need to look elsewhere. There's no need to try and look like the world looks, like the world talks, like the world walks. There's no need. Remember, Jesus wants to use us to save souls. Verse 28, But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works." Is He our refuge? He needs to be. He wants to be. He should be. Because that's such a blessing. Jesus Christ cares, He loves, And he wants to use every single one of us. Because one day, the world, the things of the world, all of that will be gone. There will be nothing left. But Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It's important that we continue to walk with our savior every day. We can't get fooled by the things of this world if we walk with him. If we have fellowship with him. If we look to him for our joy, our strength, our sanity. There's nothing better. A couple of quotes there are no lasting rewards for the unsaved. Let me repeat that. There are no lasting rewards for the unsaved, only hell. One can survive everything nowadays except death. Oscar Wilde, renowned. Author and atheist We all know where Oscar is today. What a mistake he made. Even the most faithful, or excuse me, the most famous people, good or bad, in the world today, even with the help of historians, the written word, museums, will disappear into eternity. This is not an advertisement that I don't like the written word or history. I was a history buff, and I love museums. Clarify that. So don't run down that path. Stay focused on what and how long they are going to last. When we're called up yonder, when we're raptured, there will be nothing left after a thousand years. Most of it after only seven years. Okay? And we will have nothing but joy. We will have nothing but bliss. We will have nothing but peace forever. Verse 3 of Psalm 37. Trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Another quote. Trust in God is the remedy for the fear of man. Galatians 6, nine. We could all use a dosage of 6-9 every once in a while. We really can And there's nothing wrong with it. Okay? There's nothing wrong with working hard for Jesus and staying the course and being blessed by Him. Galatians 6-9, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. How's that for a promise? Oh, did I mention the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of promises that are in here to help us, to bless us, to encourage us? Every day, every day, run to this. Start out the day with this. Please, I beg you. Having had those days where something got misdirected or directed elsewhere or whatever, And all of a sudden, around halfway through the morning, I'm going, what's wrong? Because he wants us every morning to start our day with him. He really does. Cut out the late night movie. If that means you can't get up in the morning, because the exchange will be worth it. The fear of death is canceled by faith in Christ. Isn't that something? There are so many testimonies of people that feared death, feared everything. But when they came to Christ, the fear is gone. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. One, We need to stay where God puts us. Okay? We need to stay there. But we don't just stay there. We work in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It says cultivate faithfulness. How do we cultivate faithfulness? You go from one situation to another. When God's hand is in it, we get blessed. We get encouraged. We get uplifted when his hand isn't in where we end up we only have sorrow we only have disappointment and discouragement always walk with jesus and be careful where you go the man who lives for christ does not conform himself to his environment he is drawn to a new environment, an environment with Jesus Christ. A quote, O Lord, let us not live to be useless. Let me repeat that. O Lord, let us not live to be useless. John Wesley, I guess the guy did okay. Can't wait to see him. Can't wait to talk to him. Boy, There's, I know I, I say this all the time, but it's really true. I can't wait to get to heaven. There are so many people I want to sit with and listen. I won't have anything to say, believe it or not. <laughs> I will be listening because they will be so amazing. The stories, the encounters, it's just, it's, it's just endless. Verse 4 of Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> I have seen over the years, sometimes, and it's usually a younger believer who hasn't, has, is still walking, has got a good heart. Don't try and separate the desires of your heart from delighting yourself in the Lord, they're interwoven, okay? Because when we first come to Christ, or maybe even when we've been with Him for years, all of a sudden something pops in our head that we think we need or want that maybe He doesn't. Well, He said right here, if I just walk with Him, He'll give me the desires of my heart. You see, if we delight ourselves in Jesus Christ, we cannot but love the things Jesus Christ loves. Be blessed by the things that Jesus Christ can bless us with. And our desires will completely conform. This is, in effect, another promise, guaranteed promise. There is sweet joy in feeling that God knows all, and notwithstanding, loves us still. Hudson Taylor. I'm always just blessed and amazed when I see things like this from these famous men and women of God. It's just, it's, 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 it's good food. It's it's there's restoration in following and reading these biographies of these great men and women for God. A question we need to ask ourselves. Are we thankful? Are we thankful? Are we resting in the goodness of God? If we are, we will be able to use one of my favorite Psalms and a couple of my favorite verses. It's in Psalm 103 of David. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul and forget none of his benefits key to praising god is realizing what he's done for us and what he can do for us don't make decisions without him in your life ever don't listen to somebody who goes ah oh, you don't need counsel don't don't rely on counsel The Lord's with you. The Lord can show you. No. I will never get old enough where I don't think I need counsel on any kind of a decision. Because God goes through those people. Have you ever heard this one? Well, you know, they don't have any knowledge of this situation. They don't have any tech savvy. They don't have this and they don't have that. It doesn't matter because God knows more than anybody. And God goes through a holy vessel. Adel used to use a term, he hasn't used it lately, but he said for years, keep the pipes clean. Godly men and women for God that are walking with God, they have clean pipes. Anything that God has to say to us, he'll say through them. Always go for counsel. Verse 4 Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. It's true. He always will. Growing in Christ comes from a deepening relationship with Him. We can't grow as Christians unless we devote our hearts and our minds and our bodies to Jesus Christ daily and stay close to him. Verse 5 of Psalm 37 Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he will do it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty darn good promise. I don't see how you cannot but see it as a promise true we have to commit a lot of companies ask you that when you go to work for them, right we need committed people commit your way to the Lord key 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 trust in him implicitly trust in him completely trust in him he will do it that's a promise If we are men and women of prayer, and we walk faithfully with Him daily, we can't but be joyful. It's, it's just so true. It, if I can use the term, can erase our circumstances. Okay? It can erase our circumstances. I spent two weeks in Kaiser last December with a blood disease, and the nicest staff, I didn't care if they were a doctor, a nurse, an attendant, someone who cleans up the room, whoever it was, they have, most of them have, well, some have the knowledge already, but then they'll ask, what what are you in here for? And I tell them, they go, oh, you poor guy. I said, I'm rich in Christ Jesus. I've been rich in Christ Jesus since the day he caught up with this fool and rescued me from myself, and I've had eternal life with him, and one day I'm going to spend eternity with him. Man, it is just a joy to meet people that way. And every once in a while, you'll get one of the staff that'll go, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, yes. You know, because they're there to help us and make us better, not preach the gospel. But you start it, they can finish it. Are we thankful? It really, really, really says a lot. If we are, we're understanding how well off we are. If we're not thankful, we're on the wrong set of tracks. We're headed in the wrong direction. Spurgeon said this, In seasons of severe trial, the Christian has nothing on earth that he can trust to and is therefore compelled to cast himself on his God alone. When his ship is on the rocks and no human deliverance can avail, he must simply and entirely Trust himself to the guidance and care of God. Pretty good stuff. In conclusion, yes, we're almost done. We must work at having a spirit of remorse and repentance when we sin. Sounds a little mechanical but it really isn't. Because we have a choice when we sin. We can realize it. Sometimes it's spur of the moment. God forbid when it's been planned. But we need to realize that we have just severed our relationship with the one who saved us, who delivered us from ourselves, And lives that needed to be delivered. And we need to reconnect. We need to get right with God. And you know something? He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Always. Always. Here's a promise. You can't escape. And you need to to hold on to it your entire life in Christ. When it happens, when we sin, will we sin? Of course we'll sin. It happens. We're sinners, but we're sinners saved by grace. Hopefully not intentional sins, but we fall into sin. A slip of the word, an action. First John 1 John 1.9 I love 1 John 1, 1.9. That's good stuff. That's good medicine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not some, all. Nothing is more blessed than that for a promise. Now with eyes closed and heads bowed, with eyes closed and with heads bowed, if you don't know him yet, I implore you today, don't leave here without sitting with Sylvia or Adel And let them have the privilege of leading you to the best life the rest of your life. The glory, the most glorious hope you can ever have. To immediately begin to receive peace like you've never known peace. So please. And if you're a Christian, but things aren't going well, things aren't doing well, things are in need of repair, you've been given a lot of wonderful promises today. Do the same. Seek them out and restore yourself with your God. And for those of us who are walking with Him, remember the plan and how simple it is that is found in Acts 2.42. This is the first church. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Always, restore your relationship with Him if you sin, and keep that fellowship with Him. And remember, it is not success that God rewards, but faithfulness in doing his will today and every day. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for today. Just ask now that you would bless each and every person here. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this building you've provided for us. Thank you for the life we have with you. And we're ready whenever you have the trumpet sound and to be with you forever and ever. Amen.